The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It's uh, 2.35, Premier Notley joining us on, in studio in about 25 minutes time as a part of our leadership series that continues coming up uh, in the coming weeks as well. Brett uh, Wilson, the businessman and a former Special Forces, um, Special Forces Operator, Canadian Military. Okay. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, really high classified stuff. Oh. Yeah, and, but anyway, we're going to be talking about leadership with, with him on that uh, front as well. Hey, I saw this story today, and I, I for some reason, thought of you. And I, I can't <laughs> even explain why. Okay. So, I don't follow golf okay. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it exists, and I know that uh, there's a lot of tournaments out there. I think Tiger Woods just did really well at one. That's the extent of my knowledge. Uh, so there's the Ryder Cup. And did you hear about this? A uh, spectator was blinded mm-hmm. in one eye at the Ryder Cup. And uh, she's says she's fortunate to be alive that if she had turned her head, instead of getting hit in the eye, it would have been the side of the head and mm. it could have killed her. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And I've often thought of it when I see these spectators. And in fact, I remember asking Reed or Morley one time, like, hey, do they ever get hit? Like, they, you know, Sometimes some guy just shanks do, yeah. a ball and, you know, whatever. That's why they yell four. Right. So this is a French woman. She told BBC Sports that uh, that the organizers of the Ryder Cup didn't do enough to protect her. So what she's suggesting is that if they were planning to shoot for the green instead of the fairway, which would put the ball in risk of hitting spectators if it wasn't dead on, that um, they should have been informed of that and the crowd should have been moved back. She said also that from her, from the distance from the tees, she couldn't hear them yell for, so spectators didn't know that the ball was coming. Um, and there was some other things. Now, she says she doesn't blame the golfer. Uh, she blames the organizers that they didn't keep her safe. And then I got thinking, maybe this is how I got to you. I got thinking about every Oiler game that I've ever been to, where prior to the game starting, there's uh, Bob and Jack uh, on the big screen, and they explain that keep uh, be aware. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's netting up and there's other protection to keep you safe, but the best protection is to be aware. Keep your eye on the game because the puck can leave the playing surface. And I, we've certainly seen it over the years. Well, it's the reason why there's nets, because a little girl um, got right. hit by a puck uh, years back and, and died. Right. And died. That's why we have the netting now. But, you know, it's not all-encompassing, so a puck no, can still absolutely. leave the playing surface, right? Just like a ball can go, can stray into the crowd. So she's, I think, planning to sue them. I think that's where this is headed. Yeah. She's lost her sight in the eye. It won't. She will not recover it. She says that it's going to change her life dramatically, as, of course, losing eyesight would do. So the organizers say, first of all, four was shouted several times. Yes. Um, that the marshals are not aware of where the players are going to hit the ball. Because they don't announce it. Like, they don't say, okay, I'm going to try for the green, Uh so you better move the crowd back. They don't know what they're going to do. They say they've been in contact with the family, which is something else she said, that no no one's reached out since this happened. They say they've been in constant contact. Um, And Chief Chief Executive Officer of the tour, Keith Pelly, 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 he says, our deepest sympathies continue to be uh, with this woman and her family. we take our responsibility for fan safety very seriously, mm-hmm. and we have been in regular contact with the family. Um, and also said millions of spectators attend and enjoy golf events every year, yeah. and these uh, these sort of incidents are extremely rare. So I wanted to ask you, maybe this is what I thought, because oftentimes 
you and I sort of totally agree or other times we totally disagree. Whose fault is this? Is it the golfers? Is it the organizers? Or is that the risk you assume when you go watch golf? Yeah, I, I don't. I w- I wouldn't say it's the golfers or the the spectators. I I would I would say that it's the risk that you assume when you are going to an event like this, and really any sporting event. We've seen it. You know, when the baseball goes into the stands, we've yeah, seen sure. It, that that happens, and as and there are notices on the back of the tickets Every that ticket say, does say that you're you there. know that yeah. you acknowledge the general risks associated with golf or baseball or hockey whatever it is including errant shots um to to me i this is a sad story and, it, and it's a it's right. it's it's a shame that she's going she's lost sight out of out of that uh out of that eye um but i do believe you know Hundreds of thousands of golf spectators every single weekend for years upon years upon years have been going to um, matches and, you know, on occasion something happens. This isn't the end of all. It's not like it's every game no. there's people losing their eyes and that sort of stuff. I just, right. I, I, I think she's tearing a hunk out. I think, yeah, you know, she's going to set up for a, for a lawsuit. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, it's a bit about taking responsibility. I'm going to just go jump over here for a second on this one. I was listening to some of the people complaining about being stranded on, stranded on the highways in southern alberta over the past couple of days and again like okay yeah i my husband said can you imagine being stuck on a highway in a snowstorm for 13 hours and i said no i can't because you know what i paid attention to the to the forecast i would have stuff in my vehicle all of these things you have to at times Hmm. be prepared and um like how did you not know there was going to be a snowstorm i think it's so good that you brought that up that snowstorm i hadn't thought of that but i'm glad you brought it up and here's here's why it's hard not to sound like a complete ass mm-hmm. for not being sympathetic to mm-hmm. a woman who's lost her Absolutely. sight in one eye. And it's equally, it uh, seems cold. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. To suggest that a family with their children stranded on a highway, yeah. right? Except the government does put out notices. There's Yours- weather alerts. We put out notices. Um, they you- started days before. Right. So... And, you know, if you just say, well, listen, are you connected in any way to the Internet or do mm-hmm. you own a radio or did you happen to look up before you left town to see what the cloud, you know what I mean? Because I drive all the time and I am fully aware for the most part of what I'm about yeah. to drive into. And then I assume that risk. Right. And it, with the golf game, I would assume you'll never find me watching a golf game. I'll tell you that. But if I were, I would assume that the biggest risk involved would be getting hit by the ball. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah. I mean, golf course or isn't asleep a, isn't and hurting a, yourself. <laughs> isn't a super risky place. Right. You really only have to watch one thing: the ball, yeah. right? Yeah. Or the balls. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of. You know, I remember last year we had the discussion on air. I had a gig down in Lake Louise, and it was an event that I was hired to go to MC. There was a big snowstorm moving in, and yeah, I, I had to that. Make, remember that, and I made the decision not to go. You and I go. talked about it. We talked about yeah. it. I'm like, I can't take the risk. You said, you asked, what would I do? And, and you would probably go. I said I would go. Before, what, I, what I said was I would go in the morning, Yeah. and then if I really, it was bad, then I'd have yeah. as much time to get there or as much time to notify them that yeah. I wasn't coming. Yeah. But it did, just, that didn't work out for you. Yeah. Yeah, so I, but I wasn't willing to take that risk. I'm not going to do it to my vehicle. I'm not right. going to do it to my safety, anything. And okay, you walk away from from a paycheck, but that's 
that's part of well, it. But you made yeah. this, I knew you, we knew a week prior that there could be snow coming in, and on the forecast, it was there. And again, I, I, I know it might sound a little cold and a little callous, but come on, people. Yeah, it reminds me of the day. Um, I don't know if I was in mornings or afternoons, but I know I was by myself. We had a bad snowstorm here in Edmonton, or a bad storm situation. And city police asked everyone to stay off the Anthony yeah. Henday. So, and it wasn't even one of those, you know, media uh, dispatches. Somebody physically phoned here yeah. and said, could you announce, please, to stay off the Anthony Henday? Now, the problem is the Anthony Henday is a provincial highway, and these are city police, mm. right? So they had no way to really close Anthony Henday. Um, but they could put cars at certain exits and, you know, ask people not to go on. Yeah. Um, And they they went on to say, if that wasn't reason enough, just them requesting it, that, listen, if you get in an accident on uh, Anthony Henday, nobody's coming. Like, we're not going... There's tow bans in place. Right. So tow truck's not coming, ambulance isn't coming, we're not coming. So be aware of that. And we repeated that information, I did, every 10 minutes for three hours. And then... I got a text from somebody going, I don't know what the problem is. I just drove Anthony Henday and it was clear as a bell or whatever. Mm. Uh, you know, and you just go, okay. So if you crashed your vehicle, though, yeah. whose fault is yeah. that? You knew. You heard on the radio not to do it. You heard yeah. the police say don't do it. You knew there was nobody else on the road, but you went, well, that, but that doesn't apply to me, this right? Just, it, it goes to me. It's taking responsibility for your actions. And, right. And I see and more and the, more yep. people, though, every day now, not willing to take responsibility right. for their actions. They're like, oh, I'm going to blame it on someone else. Oh, whatever. Or just walk away from it. No. Right. Listen, learn, take responsibility. And here's the other part of that conversation. And that's the reason this Ryder Cup story came to mind, because you know how I feel about these things. Because here's the other part of it. So aside from the ball hitting the woman's eye, aside from the guy on Anthony Henday and the people stranded Mm. on the highway. So what happens is we don't take responsibility for ourselves. And then we blame it, as you say, well, the RCMP should have been there and they should have rescued us. And the marshal should have moved the crowd back because they should have known the ball was going to go errant and whatever. The problem with that is those of us who do take responsibility for our own actions suddenly then become penalized by mm. that. Because then they're like, well, you know what? Nobody can be that close to the green anymore. Now everybody has to be back 100 yards because this woman didn't look up. And you know what? We're just going to close highways well in advance, mm-hmm. even if you think they're passable, mm-hmm. because these people complained yeah. that nobody came to help them. And it goes on and on and on. Every time somebody does something and blames it on somebody else, they bring a new rule in that nobody can do it now because whatever. And I'm tired of giving up my rights. The fact that people were complaining that the uh, RCMP didn't come to check on them when there was like 20 car pileups and there was 84 Mm -hmm. accidents. Right. Guess what? They're doing their job. You guys shouldn't have been on the road in the first place. What you needed was not the RCMP to check on you. What you needed is an astute uh, food truck <laughs> to, to head down there with hot chocolate and hot dogs. That's what you really needed. I mean, what did you want the Mounties to do? Make the snow stop? What do you want them to do at that point? Yeah, but you know what? Having said at, at this point, it is a good reminder as we're heading into yes. this time of year um, to make sure that you have a kid. If you're traveling on the road and... Before I was supposed to go to that Lake Louise event, I packed up a, a bag <laughs> yes. and I had I had blankets, I had candles, I had chocolate bars, I had winter boots, I had other pair of you know snowmobile yeah. gloves. Make sure you have that sort of stuff. Just and, and actually, that. I'll add to uh, that and do an inventory from time to time. Yeah, because I was trying to find my radar detector the other day. 
And as I dug for it in the console between oh, you the found seats, French fry? No, I found all my <laughs> candles and hand warmers. And I remember that you and I had that conversation one day. And then I stuffed all that stuff in, yeah. the, you know. But I haven't used it because I haven't been stranded. And I thought, I totally forgot I had that. I bet you I would have frozen, frozen yeah. to death on the side of a highway. And and first responders would have been like, I don't know why I didn't light a candle. Had them right there. <laughs> Just remember you packed it. That's the other thing. Yeah, we were talking uh, about taking responsibility just a moment ago. Uh, like the hockey player just got clocked with the head down coming across the middle of the ice. Every hockey player knows from day one never to go through the middle with the head down or you're going to get cranked. His lack of responsibility created a situation where Wilson hitting him and getting 10 games. It, there's a lot of, you know, you can come up with all kinds of examples where I think it was you and I were talking the other day just about, or perhaps it was Morley, I can't recall, you know, somebody tries to smuggle something onto an airplane and now we all take our shoes off and you know and I, I know that's different because that's about the security of the uh, passengers on a plane and the threat of terrorism and all that kind of thing but it just seems like the easiest solution for any organization government or oh. otherwise is just to dumb it down to the you know, let's put helmets on everybody. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? You're climbing a tree. Some kid falls off, breaks a collarbone. Right. Next thing you know, all the branches are cut down. No one can climb the tree. Yeah, nobody's on trampolines anymore. Yeah. And, you know, slides can't be made of metal. See, don't you wonder what it's going to look like 30 years from I now? I worry about what it's going to look like. And I'm sure my parents did as well. But, I mean, it seems to me, and again, I'm, you know, I don't have a, you know, my perspective is probably skewed a little bit. But it seems to me like what changed between the time that I was a kid and my kids were kids was not what they were able to do, but information about how to do it more safely. So, um, you know, we didn't get rid of all slides that were metal. My kids like slid down those all the time. They went on monkey bars, they climbed trees, they did all that kind of stuff, right? But you realize that head injuries are a problem. So if they're biking, let's put a helmet on them. Or if, you know, so we, and toys became safer, mm -hmm. you know, they realized that small bits can be chewed and swallowed Absolutely. and like that kind of thing. We didn't, we changed the product. We didn't try and like sort of change the kid, right? And it seems like that's where we're going now with kids and adults that, well, let's just, you know what, change <sighs> humans then and just say, well, you know, humans shouldn't be at live events because they might get hit with something. And if they are there, they should be fully bubble wrapped and wearing helmets. And, you know, at some point, you I mean, don't you assume risk every day when your first foot hits the floor of the bedroom? Well, of course, when you get into your vehicle and when you're walking up the stairs or down the stairs, whatever it is, yeah, absolutely, you, you assume risk. And I think that we have become such a, what's the word, litigious? Lit, lit, yeah, yeah, the, litigious, yeah. Litigious society. It's a big word, yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah, it's um, the lawyers and the, the insurance companies, Well, and it's right? just that easy, it's e well, and again, I hate to say it, if someone has lost eyesight, you right. know, that's, you know, that's, that's awful. really, it's awful. Yeah. Um, but is it the organizers of the Ryder Cup's fault that that happened? So are, are we just looking for it? For right. The money, and then, right? you know, somebody had said, it's, somebody had know, texted and said, well, I'd be... coffee on your right, lap. Right. Exactly. And somebody had texted, and I don't know the answer to this. So they said, well, they'd be surprised if the organizers of the Ryder's Cup didn't have liability insurance. Mm. Yeah, they might. Is it their fault, though? Because insurance kicks in when you do something, right? Yeah. So 
and and if they do, and does that mean that future tournaments have to pay excessive part amounts of, of the game, insurance? Right. Part of the game is the fact that there are going to be slices and and hooks, mm-hmm. and that's part of the game. I guess you know because that's a, a sort of a side conversation. But the idea that insurance will take care of it is another sort of pet peeve of mine because <laughs> insurance is not some magical place yeah. where the money is just sitting in a vault waiting to be paid if something unfortunate happens to you. We all the customers of that company pay into mm-hmm. that, right? And I, I can tell you as an organizer that the insurance we pay just to make sure somebody doesn't slip on one of our stairs yeah. or a comic yeah. doesn't yeah, step yeah. off the stage has doubled almost mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know why, but I know, you know, it's not free money. Like, I'm paying for it. 2.55 on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. We'll break here for the 3 o'clock news on the other side. Premier Rachel Notley joining us in studio for, I think, part four in our mm-hmm. leadership series. Stick around. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.